Welcome to the Unbuild It podcast. This is Siga Switzerland European Adventure Extravaganza. I was trying for another word, but I couldn't come up with something else that was going to be uh, even alliterative. We've been doing a lot of passives, so let's go phenomenal. Phenomenal. PH. With, with PH. Yes. That's all I got. Uh, I've peaked. Are we going to assume that phenomenal is normally spelled with a PH and none of us know? Or? No, it's spelled with a, it's spelled with with a PH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Steve Basic was unable to make the trip. As you know, if you listen to the, any of the other I thought he was fired. Days, uh, I'm not sure if I have the authority to fire him. <laughs> uh, actually, I probably do. I know all the passwords, and he doesn't know any of the passwords to anything. Peter said it was all right. Yes, exactly. Pete. And uh, so I am joined today by uh, Tim Mueller of Pioneer Homes or Awesome Framers. Pioneer Builders Incorporated. Oh, sorry, Pioneer Builders Incorporated. <laughs> Everybody always says Arrow Builders for me, so I get it. Uh and he is filling in for Steve. And uh, as we've discussed before, Peter's um, mental health professional asked him to not check himself out of the facility to come on this this trip. So uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Big Dog, uh, Big Dog Construction, right? Big Dog Construction. On Instagram uh, is joining us this evening. And we're going to talk about, as I said, day three. So day three. Full day of circus lessons. That was... I didn't think that juggling and unicycle were going to be involved in this trip, but somehow. And we all mastered it. Yeah, exactly. I was impressed when Tim threw that hard hat in. Yeah. Like, he already had three balls in the air. Yeah. Added a hard hat. I'm I'm impressed. I wanted to try the chainsaw that last round. You should have. I should have. The blade wasn't actually spinning, just the engine was running. Yeah. Well, Uh, it was training, right? I mean. (laughs) So... But we joke, but today was training. First, yeah. The first stop today, uh, we drove to Bern, the capital of Switzerland and the capital of that, we'll call it a state, but Canton. Yeah. Uh, and we went to one of the two uh, carpentry schools in that, in that region. Do you want to walk us through what that was like? That was the highlight of the trip for me. You know, first of all, walking in, seeing all the wood. Better than the bus rides? Uh, the bus rides were definitely better than the bus <laughs> rides. Yeah. No, walking in and seeing, you know, because I've seen some of this stuff online. I follow a guy from Germany, so I got to see some of his progress through the school, some of the Red Seal in Canada. But this was outstanding. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's watching us record and they just sat down in a chair. I hope that the noise that it sounded like somebody had a gastral emission. Yeah, that was just a nice pause. <laughs> Everybody looked at everybody. It's like that person who's trying to be real sly, but he's still. He's like, <laughs> I hope the mic picked. I'm sure that, that was the chair, though. Too. Let's just not mention Gina's name out loud. We don't want she to. She would be very embarrassed. Yeah, she would. No, the school. Yes, it's Tom from it's Tom from Oregon. Um, the school walking in for me and instantly seeing the model in the front. You know, I've seen the geometry online, and I've seen people that do it, and I've done a little bit of research on the schools. Very jealous I never got to go to one. And then just launching in and then watching the kids, because these are kids, right? Some of them are 15. Yeah. So we should talk about the the process of going to one of these schools, just so that it like clarifies where these kids are starting from and where they're headed. Uh, so this is a when you're 15. Yeah. You're, 15 just, years you're old. making a choice. 100%. Now, they were very clear when we asked, because we pride, that like, yeah, some people change their mind. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh yeah, I, I could see that. I, I didn't even know that there was life after high school when I was 15 years old. I hadn't thought that far ahead. Uh, so you choose what your profession is going to be. You can choose to go on to future, future education like college, or you can choose at 15 to enter an apprenticeship and go to school for that specific apprenticeship. So the kids at this, at this place have chosen to be carpenters, and it is a carpentry-oriented school, no plumbing or electrical or anything like that. It really is if you're working with wood and you're building buildings that are built of wood, it, it appeared. Uh, and you get a job with a company, like a real working job, and you get paid a very meager apprentice's wage but then you go to school part-time at this school to learn the trade. So you're learning on the job and you're learning in the trade, which I think is absolutely amazing because there are tons of things that I learned in school that I never understood how they applied. And these kids are, they go to the job site after being in the class for a couple of days and they go, Oh, this is, yeah, we we're doing that the other day. I know that. They're signing assume. a contract, right? They yeah. are signing a, a four-year four contract. Year. And it's really interesting to see how somewhere else in the world does it, obviously. But the attention to detail at this school was absolutely amazing. I was blown away. Everything here that we've seen construction-wise is, for lack of a better saying or phrase, well done. Like everything is, I won't say everything's perfect, but what you would see on a typical site in most of North America, the stuff here is impeccable by comparison. And yeah, it's just been great to see that. And there's pride. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but I haven't really, except for that one guy, and I'm pretty sure he was on the bus with us. There was nobody grumpy on site. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is also correct. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the schools, they start so basic, right? We walk down the hallway with all the tools. They're learning hand tools. You hand develop the geometry for these bizarre. So everything here in, the, in um, Switzerland and Germany, like timber style, you have to learn how to bevel those hips and valleys for off angles, you know, yep. split pitch. This stuff in some cases is going to be, well, I guess it wasn't really exposed, was it? Just the models were. But yeah, there's almost too much for the podcast, like watching the model and then how they're graded when they finally get to their test. And the, um, I think... So we're watching them develop the drawings onto the wood, and then they go and they cut it by hand. And you think that's cool, and it is cool. Then we go into the room, and they're like, oh, all the pieces of wood that they're doing this on, they just had to mill down yeah. to that size. Yeah, so they're joining, planing, cutting to their correct size, and then they take their work piece in the other room. And yeah. it's like, oh, I've invested 45 minutes in this board before I got to I do anything to make it, right. it not square. <laughs> yeah. And so seeing how they have to learn how to like pick their wood, how it's going to react, like this isn't just how to use tools and now let's go frame walls. It's like the wood science and yeah, it was very impressive to me. What yep. really impressed me was like their program is very similar in some ways, at least the structure to the Red Seal program in Canada. But most of the Red Seal trades, when they write their exam, is theory only. There's no practical portion of it, at least not all of them, but most of them, there's no practical portion of it. And I, I think that's missing. I think that's something we need to take from here and bring back and incorporate within our own system because um, it is I've, a hands-on profession. 
It is, absolutely. And you can have somebody who is, for lack of a better term again, book smart, come in, they can breeze through, kill the exam, ace it, and then they get to a job site and go, here's a saw. And, well, you're a little disappointed. But here, that's already handled. By the time they're done year four, you know you have a competent professional coming to work for you. Yeah. I was, um, that that first hallway that we were in that you were talking about that had all the tools in it, I was blown away first that there was a adjustable radius hand plane, and then like three tools down there was a set of screwdrivers. I was just like, oh yeah, it's both. It's both things. I forget sometimes that <laughs> sometimes you're using a screwdriver. It's not just like this fancy woodworking thing when you go to a place like that. Yeah. Uh, I was also kind of impressed by the quietness of the school. Now, obviously we get a censored look as to what it is. Like potentially it's way cleaner than it normally is because they knew we were coming or potentially it's way quieter. Like they moved classes elsewhere for the day or whatever. But I don't think that was the case. No. Like, especially when we went to lunch. Yeah. Like I had a conversation with an apprentice at the coffee machine, turn around and there's kids playing foosball and like, it's not orchestrated. Like those kids were probably 15, 16, 17, and they were just having fun. Yeah. Uh, Actually, Tim, Aaron nudged me and said, (laughs) this, this is the most carpenterish thing I've seen on this trip. There's a kid playing foosball that in between the ball going into the pocket and then them restarting play, he's reaching in his pocket and pulling bread out and eating bread. <laughs> like he had stuck food in his pockets because he wasn't done eating yet. He's like, oh, it's time to get back to work. I'm going to take this piece of bread back to the job with me sort of thing. I was like, yeah, that's pretty. I've done that. <clears throat> we have. You ever have pouch candy? Like you put your bags pouch on, candy. you got like a little bit of candy. Like it's been a long day or whatever. No. Kelsey, our apprentice, kind of started that to be a thing, and now it's a thing. See, I don't. We don't have pouch candy. We have truck snacks. <laughs> it's like, oh, you can get to the truck, and there's a whole meal worth of beef jerky and peanuts. And <laughs> did we talk about the cost to the to the no, individual? We did not. Okay, we did not. Do you want to break it down for us? How many uh, millions of dollars it costs yeah. to go there? Well, you guys are, are better remembering the total cost of the school, but the cost to the person who signs the contract is zero. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, they only make, what, 750 francs their first year a month? You're 15. But you're 15. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have hopefully seemed, you're still living at home. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So. But then when they, when they graduate, just the, the base wage level is, what, 60? 60, 60 Swiss francs. 60,000 Swiss francs yeah. a year. So, Which is roughly sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, in the United and that's States. baseline. Yeah, so that's at twenty they, years of age. And they yeah. noted, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the minimum that they pay. It's a very competitive market. It was like, man, I'm going to say the getting out of high school basically. Yeah, with gonna, seventy grand in your pocket. Baseline in Canada, is, and I'm probably reaching. I'm going to say is thirty five. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's slightly different everywhere. The cost of living here is yeah, more it's appropriate. But you can't come out of a three-year program in my neck of the woods in the United States and make 60K. Yeah. You can't go to most four-year universities and make 60K. 
Yeah, I appreciate that they talked about too. You know, it's not. It's a little different here, right? Like, they're working with bigger pieces of wood. Yep. These these projects are are just different than we see in the states, and I think Canada's probably pretty much the same. We're very similar in construction style. Yeah, it's um, you can well, see how it's, it's bigger tools to cut bigger beams. Yep. And, you know, crane on every job site, which is nice. But there was a like sixteen inch wide planer on two different sites that we visited. Yeah, and it's like handheld, Hand, handheld. In case you didn't, if you think the like beam saw that, don't you guys have one? Which one? You guys have like a 16-inch... Yeah, that, that, um, big that foot. skill. Yeah, there yeah. was the Bigfoot 14-inch, but then skill came out with that 16 and 5-16, sir. If you think that thing's monster. unwieldy, try running a planer head with three blades on it that's 16 inches wide. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Well, one of the things that the instructor said, uh, we sat through a like regular old PowerPoint presentation about the school because it's a great way to convey that much information quickly. He said... The majority of people that are leaving the trade in Switzerland are between 35 and 40 years old. And so the industry as a whole is attempting to make things heavier on purpose so that there's no effort of like, we're going to pick this up and carry it to yeah. the job site. We're going to get a piece of equipment over here or we're going to have the crane lift it for us. And we're going to make our day easier so that you'll want to stay in the, and I was like, that that's. I mean, whether or not that's like a for real concerted effort or if that's just like his take on how it's going, what a genius thing. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to make everything really heavy. I, I think it has you to can't be a thing here, though, because think about it. Today, all our bus rides, everywhere you go, there's a tower crane, a tower crane, a tower crane. Yeah. I mean, it's not unusual if you drive into a major center in North America to see, you know, a few tower cranes on the horizon. But yeah. Even little infill projects, they've got a small crane. Um, I don't see that, like, where I'm from. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like major cities, right? You get the tower crane, but job sites, I, not very many job sites have forklifts. Yeah. It's more and more now. But, yeah, that's one thing that – but we talked about this in the other podcast. Switzerland takes a longer-range view of all of these things. So if you're planning on building a house that's going to be in a family for – 100, 200, 300 years, then you a crane approach at the beginning and you, you assemble it a little bit more like a commercial project than just the way we're doing in states where we're trying to get 100 houses up in a development as quickly as possible. Yeah. Well, and there's a different level of wealth here. There's a, there just is. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of reading about that. And by the time you pay all of your expenses with the high cost of living... There's only about, so they, I think the average salary in Switzerland is like 66000 or it was the median household income, something like that. And you think, well, that sounds like a lot. That's a good place to start. There's almost nothing left over monthly by the time you get cost of living and all of that. But to offset that is such a um, high quality of life. Yeah. So, well, and there's more services provided, yeah, too, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, one of the, one of the places we went uh, yesterday, the prefab place, uh, one of the foremen there was saying that they have a very large German workforce in their plant. And I said, oh, why? And he said, well, for the same reason that we don't sell anything outside of Switzerland. It's expensive. If we try to take it to Germany, it's too expensive. It's why the Germans can come here and sell prefab stuff because they can make it cheaper than we can. And I was like staring at him and he goes, they're our immigrant workforce. Interesting. And I was like, wow, that's a weird, like, you don't, you know. Everywhere has some place close to it that's cheaper to live there. And those people go, yeah, I can make more money if I yeah. cross that line. And I was like, that's... Well, we were how far from 
Austrian oh, we were close. yesterday. Five, yeah. five, five kilometers, maybe. Yeah. I, is Not that, even. What is we that drove five miles. He yeah. drove past the one border. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice conversion. Five kilometers, seventy-five miles. <laughs> it's seventy-six, whatever it is. I, I don't know. Yeah, and we were close to Liechtenstein it's about three too. Hours. We don't tell. We just tell time, like travel and hours. You know, it takes four days to get well, there. Well, it's like for us. You know, you can live in Washington State, close to the Oregon border, but then you can go shopping and have dinner in Oregon, right, and save the sales tax. So I could kind of see where if I lived on one side of the Columbia Gorge and worked on the other, except that here it's a different country, yeah, not just a different state. That border didn't look super protected, though. No. It kind of looked like people drove across it all day for no reason. Like, And Switzerland's not an EU country. Yeah. But the border looked like it was, you just drive through. Just, yeah. All right, so then after lunch, they were nice enough to feed us lunch, but I also noticed that they were feeding all the kids lunch. They have a cafeteria in the school. Imagine that, just like any other school. They also had the foosball table that we talked about. And showers, uh, you know. Yep. If you saw that, yeah. Locker room. Uh, I did notice also that the teachers were eating by themselves, and I heard somebody say something, and I was like, yeah, but in our schools, the teacher eat by themselves, too. Like, they have their teacher lounge. One thing I really felt like from the teachers, I was watching in the one room as the, they were doing their little, you know, transferring the developed drawings to the piece of wood, is that all of the teachers seemed so calm, and like they were there to help. Yeah. Which is what you want your woodshop teacher to be, yeah. right? <laughs> you don't want them yelling at everybody, like yeah. my woodshop teacher? But I, I don't know. It's like... They were also all gray-haired dudes. Yeah, like they, yeah. There weren't. There wasn't anybody that didn't seem but really. Who came experienced. up through the school too? Yeah, one guy was having trouble transferring from his plans, laying it out on the wood, and the teacher crawled up on the table with him, and they're like laying it out together. Yeah, and you could. There was genuine interest on both sides. Like both people were happy to be up on that table, bent over. Looking at this piece of wood and getting this line, this layout line, 100% bang on. And everybody's just, like, happy. I got video yeah. of the one guy. I think a bunch of us stood there as he was cutting by hand. You know, he's got his piece clamped and it's vertical, so he's cutting. Yeah. And, and we're, like, waiting for, for him to see the piece come off. And when he finally, it was almost anticlimactic. The piece comes off, he looks at it, and he kind of looks at his joint. He's like, mm. like, that was pretty good. And I'm looking at it like, I would have called that perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's a different thing. Kind of want Siga to sponsor me to come and go through the class. I just want to come for two weeks. Just, I want that four years. <laughs> I, want want, I want a full like, four years. <laughs> Reach for the stars. Okay, so we definitely spent more than half the podcast talking about just that school. It really was inspiring. The job sites we went to this afternoon were pretty cool, too. Like, they were, again, multifamily. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go first and say the very first job site that we went to, I was blown away that uh it was like um doctor's offices on the first two floor and then multifamily up above and i think it was what do you say 18 units 18 units 18 units a million francs a piece for a unit is that, that what he was? said 1.3 1.3 so my dumb dumb brain goes yeah that's a little over one right yeah yeah <laughs> it's like when somebody says oh no it went from 12 billion to 13 billion i'm like a whole one <laughs> uh, the thing that I was most blown away by besides actually I should say number one uh, number two was the finished concrete work the concrete work was we, amazing I don't I know how much water you have to put this. I don't know how much water you have to put into that concrete right. work to get it to be that slick looking Never seen, yeah, no cold joints no rock uh, pockets, pore lines nothing. honeycomb, nothing 
uh, and all over, like the whole stairwell was that, the, the hallways that led everywhere. There's that fart noise again from our peanut gallery. Uh, and then I walked into one of the actual upper level units that was a, a residence. And there was a tilt turn window that was like two and a half feet wide, four feet tall. And it had a fixed panel next to it that was like six feet wide and four feet tall. And I opened the tilt turn and then I went, what does this little latch do? The six foot side swung in too. And I was like, oh, that's why they don't have uh, air conditioning here because they have 10 feet wide of ventilation in a 11 foot wide bedroom. No wonder it, it's not a big deal. And you know? How thick was that wall? 22 inches. 22 inches. 22 R60, inches. is that what R60. the plan said? R60. R60. So there are markets in the United States where R60 is not even required in the attic still. Well, I didn't catch that. That's insane. Yeah. And all prefab. All prefab. All prefab or cast in place concrete, <coughs> in place, obviously. Yeah. But everything's hybrid. Like there's concrete and everything. There's steel in most things. They had steel in some spots. A lot of knife plate details. Yeah. All the prefab walls. Uh, if you notice, they were sitting on these little L brackets where you, you swing the wall into place. You set the wall down on the ground, you mount the L bracket, and then you pry the wall up so it hits the ceiling, and then you put a horizontal screw in it. Mm. It was very interesting. They're gonna. There were also the other thing that was pretty cool. There was the um, sound uh, attenuation studs, which there's no the the redneck from Missouri in me goes. Oh, it's a two by three with a piece of carpet pad, and then I another two by three. Too. Yeah, we were I trying to sure figure it out. Looked like a carpet pad to me, but it worked. I'm just going to say, like, the entire building process here is thoughtful. Yeah. Just there's thought that is, like, however they came to develop all of these processes and decide this, it's been improved upon, improved upon, improved upon. And I think sometimes we're not that smart. Well, and we talked about yesterday with Belinda, like, yeah, they're taking us to really nice they are, but at the same time, it's an 18-unit place that has a dentist office on the first floor. Yeah. They're not taking us to billion-dollar buildings or anything. Well, and they're, you know, what did Brian just say? We were talking, I think we're like nine ten cents a kilowatt hour in Washington. There's, they're 30 cents here. Yeah. So what what would we change Three in times the, the cost of if electricity? all of a sudden yeah. this happened tomorrow? Yeah. So as a very young man, the first time I came to Europe, hard I to believe he was ever young, isn't it? Wow. He's only three years older than me, so. Really? Yeah. That's a lot of gray for three years. Yeah. You wear it well. I think it's a few more than three, but we're close, I think. <laughs> it's all that pouch candy. <laughs> but I think at the time, so we're talking like 1992, uh, fuel in Europe was two-something U.S. a liter. And I think at home at the time, it was, I don't know, 50 cents in Canada, 50 yeah. cents a liter. And, you know, our fuel prices have come up, but nothing in comparison to where yeah. some of their... 780 a gallon right here. Yeah. Right now, by the way. Well, I did the math. Yeah. So, I definitely think energy, the cost of energy is definitely a driver in how they built. Yeah, of course. I think you combine that with the tradition and the longevity of buildings here. It's real easy to understand why... scarcity they, of land, right? Yeah. You talked yeah. about that earlier. It's too. real easy to understand how you get to where we are Yeah, here. Um, did we talk yesterday with Belinda about cranes everywhere? I don't know if we did. Mm, Every job so. site here has a crane, in case we didn't. Uh, hopefully people listen to them weeks apart and they I think don't we talked about either. it 
20 minutes ago at the beginning of this. this yeah, we did talk about it a little while ago here. Okay. Uh, and I, like I said, I still want to buy a crane. Well, Jake's going to buy one. I found him one for sale. Yeah. 100, 150 grand. I got to get it from Canada to the United States. I don't know what the duty is on something like that. It's only 10 years old. It'll I can't fine. believe I just said duty and 10 didn't snicker at all. I'm the mature one here, let's oh, be honest. Okay, I see how that works. Yeah, I would say that's where Magni is going to start to see. They're really going to start pushing into North America. And now you have you know a rotator forklift that you can move around with safety yep. and remote control. So similar but even more versatile because it's not fixed. The only thing that I can see, that it, like don't get me wrong, an all-terrain forklift, telehandler, or whatever you want to call it, amazing piece of gear. But if you're on a restricted access site, the footprint that one of those yeah. has and yeah. still has the ability to reach your probably your entire yeah. build is incredible. Yeah, and the one that we saw this afternoon, they were setting a, what was that, 4 foot by 12 foot CLT panel that was like a, a half wall on an outdoor porch. And there were three guys standing there. One guy was wearing like the same thing that our pump truck operator has with the joysticks and everything. The other guy had like a key fob or a cell phone. And as soon as the guy that had the big controls had both his hands on that panel, the other guy, without saying anything, was clicking to move it up and down. Two guys operating the same piece of equipment. I was like, that's that's how you end up with efficiency. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, you got your hands. I got it. Hold still. Like, everybody keep their fingers back. So our takeaway from today, in summation, there's a lot. You want to go to school here? Absolutely, I want to go to school here. I don't want to go for the full four years. You want to build like this in North America? I would come for two weeks every year. I don't know. It's uh, I appreciated Belinda saying that yesterday. It's a little overdone. I agree with that. I mean, how would you say how wide is the wall? Twenty-two inches. Twenty-two inches. Yeah, I, I think we could find a I think middle you could ground. Simplify it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Meet in the middle. So I guess that's our job. Meet in the middle. Yeah. So let's find a CLT manufacturer that will give us panels, so we could build a nice little twelve hundred square foot house that's CLT because it's beautiful. I agree. Uh, reach out. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a good day.